the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Good day. Happy New Year. Woohoo! I should say that every year. Woohoo! Thank you. I'm turning into Homer Simpson. That's both a good thing and a bad thing. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about today. Money, investing, and more. I've got plenty for you. Wages are rising. That's a very, very good thing. Some economic data that you could say is a good thing. Thursday's trading action had some roller coaster expectations and feels to it. Sort of a downswing mid-morning and upswing in the afternoon. The end result was that markets finished the day mixed and ultimately little changed. The Russell 2000 gave up 1.2%, which is more than what you want to see. Because, you know, gosh, I remember being a young boy. Now, let's think of young Rob Black. Let's go back 43 years ago or so. And what you have is, Dad, tell me about the stock market. And he'd pull out the newspaper and he'd hit me with it. (laughs) He's like, go get me a beer. So that's how I learned about the stock market was to not ask about it. But no, actually, that newspaper, when I kind of read through the pages, you'd see stocks didn't move very much. It wasn't as dramatic. It wasn't as much of a television event as it is today, where it's like, woohoo, what a big move. Um, they had nice years, but it would be like half of one quarter of a percent a month and a half percent another month. And, oh, it was a big month, up three quarters of one percent. Now things are very dramatic. And the Russell 2000 is kind of a play on Trump. It's an Amer- It's not an American, excuse me. It's small cap companies that are based in America. They don't do a lot of cross-border selling. So in theory, they're a play on Trump. Um, so relative mixed tone, the December employment report today was pretty good. Now, before we get there, well, I guess we're there because it's the big economic data. Yesterday, we had the first time unemployment claims, which were low, um, which means people, corporations are not firing people because they expect a little bit of growth, don't want to fire them. 
Democrats are kind of holding back on that. Um, so the unemployment report kind of goes with the ADP job creation report from Wednesday, and the job creation report was weaker than expected. So we're creating fewer jobs. It's still a good number, but on the weaker side. It's like um, limping towards the finish line. You're, you're still accomplishing it, but you kind of, if you had to go another mile, maybe not kind of thing. So today we get the employment report, and there's a notable pickup in average hours earnings growth year over year. It's highest rate, up 2.9% since May 2009. That means your paycheck is fatter this month than it was last month, hopefully. If not you, then your neighbors. If not your neighbors, then your neighbor's neighbors. So that continues to feed the expectations of inflation in 2017, which means the Fed would likely raise rates more in 2017. So the the world of low-cost mortgages and low-cost loans and low-cost um, you know, interest rates on credit cards starts to become not low-cost, but less than low-cost. Um, so it starts creeping higher. It's not high-cost. That's what I'm trying to get at yet at this point in time. So the Treasury market t- pays attention to this because the Treasury notes, the 10-year notes, kind of says... We expect inflation to be about 1.5%. Therefore, we're going to come in at around 2.3%. And as inflation expectations pick up to 2%, then the 10-year Treasury moves up to, we want to stay ahead of that number, so we're going to push it up to 2.5%. So today, the 10-year Treasury sits at 2.4%, expecting more inflation, which basically means your mortgage now, you're probably the days of getting that 3.5% mortgage probably gone. Unless something terrible happens or worldwide economic uh, slowdown happens. And yesterday we saw that it wasn't happening. So we get a, a little bit better of a feel. We saw non-farm payrolls increase by 156,000. Um, less than expected. So it was disappointing. Um, private sector payrolls increased by 144,000. Less than expected. So unemployment rate sits at 4.7% versus 4.6% in November. That's a pretty good number. Donald Trump is inheriting a pretty good employment number. Now, that's both good news and bad news. Let's say, you know, um, you're a coach on a football team or a coach on a a track team, and you just got, you just got a a guy who, you know, did a four minute mile. His record before that was four and a half minutes. Um, probably he may have peaked kind of thing. So 4.6% unemployment was pretty good. Now, Back in the 1990s and early 2000, late 90s and early 2000, we had much lower employment numbers. And that led to inflation. That led to guys coming out of college making six figures. And I was like, whoa, you know, coastal jobs. Now, if you came out of college in Iowa and you decided you wanted to be an insurance guy, you probably weren't making six figures. But if you decided you wanted to be part of the whole Internet world and you got a job on the coast from L.A. to San Francisco or New York to Atlanta, you were probably doing pretty well. Um, because unemployment was so low, so one boss would go, um, Henry, you're a great employee. And Henry would go, you know, screw you, I want more money, I'm going to go talk to uh, Company B. And Company B would say, Henry, you look like a great employee, we'll pay you 5% more than the old company you were working with. Is that good? And Henry would be like, sure. And that created wage inflation. So the average work week's about 34.3 hours. That's That's a, a good number. Because right when you get around to 35, the boss says, you know what? 
I don't really want this guy working overtime, so I need to figure out, maybe we should hire one more person and split their hours, or maybe we should hire another person. I'm going to need you to go ahead and come in tomorrow. That would be great. Okay? Okay. Um, office space, right? Um, I, sometimes I want to call it The Office, but it's Office Space, the movie. Amazing movie. Amazing film, if you ever get a chance to watch it. Um, even just 15 minutes at a time, it, it, it works on that kind of level. Um, it, you don't have to watch beginning day, and you don't have to know if it has a happy ending or not. He, it doesn't. He gets cancer and dies. In fact, everyone gets cancer and dies in all movies. Princess Leia got cancer and she died. Um, just not ruining the next Star Wars movie, but she's dead. Capital goods exports decreased 1.8 billion civilian aircraft exports um, down 1.3 billion. Uh, that accounted for a lot of the decline. Again, that's probably good news, not in any shape, way, or form. Uh, we want to be building big, expensive things and selling them to other countries. Um, what else is there? Just widening deficit. It's going to be a drag on the fourth quarter GDP as the fourth quarter average of $61.9 billion for the real trade deficits, 9.4% higher. Blah, 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 blah. You probably don't care about the widening of the deficit. Um, let me explain something to you. When I was a little boy, let me remember once again, when I was a little boy, there was a big deficit problem. We had a big deficit where we were sending less goods to Japan, and Japan was sending more goods to us. And we kind of freaked out about it. And there was an anti-Japanese movement in America. Now, anti-Japanese movement in America was nothing compared to the anti-Chinese and the uh, anti-Mexican thing that we're getting going on right now. Back with the anti-Japanese, it was like, the Japanese are buying all of New York. <laughs> Dang it. The Japanese are buying the Seattle Mariners. That's un-American for them to buy a baseball team. There's always going to be deficit issues. Don't focus on that one. Focus on the employment report, in my opinion. And I'll probably get written up for saying, dang it, today. <laughs> Somehow, some way, some shape, some form. I'm always in trouble. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. AM 1220, KDOW. It's the Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice Report. Old time hockey. Like it is short. Your San Jose Barracuda hockey updates. Time to talk a little ice hockey, NHL, AHL. San Jose is home to two franchises, the San Jose Sharks, everyone knows. Made the NHL Stanley Cup Finals last year, very exciting. Failed to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Their farm team is in town, the San Jose Barracuda, the AHL affiliate, which is really, really great hockey. They've got five home games coming up. Uh, great time to go see them if you've never seen them. Game Friday and Saturday. I like the Saturday 115 tilt myself in large part, so it opens up my evening and uh, super, super family-friendly. And the whole sport is wonderful uh, for kids as well. Very exciting in, in action. Joining me now, Nick Nolenberger, voice of the San Jose Barracuda. Nick, how are you? Good. How you doing, Rob? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And uh, things went on a strong roll for the Barracuda in December uh, with another win just on Wednesday. Uh, pretty good feeling being on a roll, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I think all the guys are happy and enjoying it, too, and it's just makes it easier, I think, for players and staff to come into work every day when you're when you're just racking up and, and stacking wins like we are. So, yeah, it's definitely fun to be a part of it right now. 
Now two, I believe two, Barracuda just made the AHL All-Star team, which is a nice feeling knowing that they're skilled players. Are these skilled players, I think it's Danny O'Regan and Troy Groshnick, um, are they NHL are their skills for the AHL All-Star Game basically implying that we might see them at the NHL soon? I mean, yeah, abs- I mean, absolutely. Troy Grosick's uh, a guy who's been part of the Sharks organization. This is his fourth season. So this is a big year and a big uh, kind of uh, crossroads for him, you know, for lack of a better word, just because this is his final year of a contract. He's 27 years old, and it's kind of, you know, it's now or never for him, and he's turning in his best uh, season of his of his professional career. So it's really exciting. Troy, in 2014, in his uh, NHL debut, he's uh, called up to the Sharks. He made 45 saves in a shutout in his NHL debut against the Carolina Hurricanes. So he's proven he can play at the NHL level. Just uh, It's been about consistency at the AHL level, and this is uh, his best season to date. And uh, I think everybody within the organization is really excited um, just for the fact that he's been able to turn in this type of a, a campaign and, and put it all together. And then a guy like Danny O'Regan, he's a rookie, uh, just finished up four years of college at BU, and um, he, he's paced the team ever since he joined it. He leads the team in points. He's tied for uh, or he's second in goals now, and he's tied for the team leading assists too. So um, he's been sensational. He made his NHL debut um, back on November 22nd against New Jersey Devils. He's a guy that maybe coming into the season, um, the expectations were, well, maybe he can groom into an NHL type of player, but um, I think he's impressed everybody, and, and the organization is buzzing that he has a future to play uh, at the next level. Now, you mentioned that Troy Grosnick, Grosnick um, it's kind of his time now, kind of now or never, and the Sharks said goodbye to someone that you might be pretty familiar with, Matt Nieto. Um, they put him on waivers. It was clear that he was going to go. Was it that he had basically hit his AHL peak and it wasn't really clicking at the NHL level? I don't want to put words in your mouth. What happened there? I think for Nieto, um, it just all comes back to fit, and it also comes back to the, the young talent that are with the Barracuda. You look at a guy like uh, Kevin LeBanc and, and Timo Meyer that were with the Barracuda to begin the season, and now they're um, full-time guys with the San Jose Sharks. And these are young, talented players, and um, they're pushing everybody up top for jobs, and that's pretty simple. It just comes down to that. Nieto wasn't getting the lineup a lot, um, and I think it just came down to, you know, what's the best fit and what's the best opportunity for both the organization and for Matt himself. And um, they put him on waivers. Me personally, uh, I didn't think would happen. I was hoping he would clear waivers. That would have meant he would have been sent back down to Barracuda, which would have been fun because um, he's a skilled guy. He has a lot of talent. Um, he has blazing speed. He's an NHL caliber player, though, so there was no surprise that he was claimed, um, especially by a team like Colorado who's going to have a first uh, chance and a first crack at claiming him because they're near the bottom of the league right now in points. So, um, it, I think it was just fit. It was, he was kind of the odd man out. He doesn't necessarily fit the system that Pete DeBoer, the head coach of the San Jose Sharks, is trying to run. Um, he, you know, he's a skilled speed guy, and um, I think uh, San Jose was just going in a different direction with all this young talent. He just, unfortunately, he was the odd man out. I want to throw out there that I don't feed Nick questions. He doesn't feed me questions, and you're doing this all off the top of your head, and that's pretty darn impressive. Because <laughs> um, I could throw out a reference right now. Like, um, Groshnick is a goalie. Is he more of a Bill Ranford stand-up style goalie, or is he more of a butterfly guy like uh, um, Cobby Bullen? Um, and let's see Nick give an answer. Yeah, I mean, at, at, I think at this point um, there aren't many stand-up guys left. Most guys are butterfly guys, including Troy Groshnick. Um, it just it makes more sense at this point uh, to be a butterfly-style goalie. Those old stand-up goalies, if you watch the film, I remember as a kid watching film of some of those old goalies, and 
I was like, it's letting these goals. I feel like all these goals just inside the post. There are all the shots around the ice. So when you when you when you're a butterfly style goalie, you kind of can prevent those lower shots, and and that's exactly what Troy is. And that's pretty much that's uh, pretty much what every goalie in the NHL and at any level of this day day and age are. They're all pretty much uh, butterfly style goalies. Would you agree with me that everyone today at lunch who's not familiar with NHL or AHL goaltending go to YouTube and just type in goalie saves of the year? Yeah, absolutely. It's fun to watch, and they'll bring up some old clips. I think uh, you'll probably see some uh, highlights of Dominic Hasek sprawling around the crease, uh, throwing, uh, doing pirouettes in, in the crease and, and making saves with the, the back of his arm while he's sprawled out. And, yeah, you watch it, and you're like, oh, my goodness, how do these guys have this type of flexibility? And it uh, just shows the type of world-class athletes they are. Speaking with Nick Nolenberger, the voice of the San Jose Barracuda, you got a couple games coming up Friday at 7 p.m. against the Admirals at 1.15 on Saturday, next Friday the 13th against the Rain, which is the L.A. Kings minor league team. you got a lot of home games coming up. This is the time where Barracuda need to stack up some wins and keep you know getting at least a point or two points per game because late January it turns the, the other way. It seems like a lot of road games. Yeah, absolutely. And the team's playing really good at home right now. They have points in eight straight at, uh, at home. So, um, yeah, it's fun. They have uh, five straight wins on home ice, and they're taking advantage. They had a seven-game homestand. They went on the road for a couple against Bakersfield, um, split that, the two road games, and now they're back at home for seven more straight. And they've had two to, two to seven already, and they've won those two. So, yeah, you got to take advantage of this time because after that it's going to be a lot of a lot of road lifting, a lot of long road trips. The team's going out to Milwaukee. They play the Admirals this, uh, this Friday, or rather, tonight and then uh later this month they'll go out there so there's a lot of trips a lot of travel to come so they got to take advantage of it for sure i know that the santa Jose barracuda always have fun um uh, events going on for getting fan participation perhaps you could suggest one of go on a road trip on the bus with the barracuda because even though it sounds like it's fun and glamorous it's probably not all that fun and glamorous <laughs> the guys are we got a good group so i think people will be entertained but Definitely, when you're when you're riding the bus uh, back from Bakersfield or Ontario uh, through the night, uh, yeah, it'll test your will. It'll test your lower back to make sure that uh, that you're healthy uh, when you get in at three in the morning and then sitting in the bus uh, in an awkward position all night. But yeah, I think that would be fun for somebody. We've talked about that. Maybe trying to even get some uh, local news people on the bus, get, you know, have them ride and and, and uh, kind of uh, get a feel for the the minor league uh, lifestyle. Count me in. I'll bring a tape recorder and uh, get some of the best <laughs> moments. So thanks very much. We'll put you at the top of the list. Perfect. It's Nick Nolenberger, voice of the San Jose Barracuda. Do catch him live here on AM 1220 when there's a game, and there's plenty of games coming up. This is something fantastic to take your kids to. Um, I'm not saying – well, first and foremost, it's family-friendly, and it's family-affordable. Um, but it's get a kid loving hockey. He's going to be a fan for life. I know baseball's big in the area. I know football used to be kind of big, but hockey is the best sport live. And if you can get to a Stanley Cup final or a final, holy mackerel, like the young U.S. team did this week, amazing. Learn more at sjbarracuda.com. Black now. 800 516
800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So this is a remix of an amazing song that came out seven years ago from the Magnetic Zero, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. This is that song that starts out, Alabama, Arkansas, I do love my ma and pa. You've heard it, and it's just catchy. And again, I wish I could be catchy. Now, Edward Sharp is kind of cool because it's a band, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. That there's a backstory that Edward Sharp was sent to Earth to save Earth. The only problem is that he keeps falling in love with women and kind of messes up the plan. And that kind of sums up my life at times. Until I hit 40, I kept falling in love and throwing money in the wrong direction, so to speak. So a little Edward Sharp and Magnetic Zero's home. That's the part about the internet is you could find different versions of songs and not feel bad about it. So Gap Stores holiday sales, fantastic. The last time I really said Gap Stores sales were fantastic, it was back in the late 90s when, you know, Capri, well, mid-90s was Capri Pants and Mickey Drexler, CEO of Gap. Um, you know, retail, clothing retailers, a lot of people look at Trump and they're like, oh, cars going to have more taxes if they're built in Mexico. And they go, oh, semiconductor companies and app companies like Apple, if their stuff is made in, in China, they're going to have more taxes. But how about Gap stores? All their clothes are made in fast fashion worlds like Indonesia. Um, aren't those going to be taxed too? Do we have to put a discount on what we're paying for a company like Gap? And how does that play out? A lot of people aren't thinking this way yet. Anyway, and anyhow, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Apple's going to open up a store in South Korea, which is kind of the homeland of um, their biggest competitor, Samsung. So that's kind of interesting. Kind of a little shot at the company. Um, Amazon's up nine bucks today. And that stock, a lot of people want to doubt but it's a company that does everything pretty much so right. And they aim for a big idea to hit big. They don't aim for, let's make the phone a little bit better by adding one more sensor. They aim big. And when when they came out with a phone, it was a disaster because they tried to make a hologram on it. So speaking of holograms, Tony Mendez, is he real or is he not? Or is he just a hologram sitting next to me? Uh, sooner than later, virtual reality, uh, you won't even have to get out of your bed. I'm, I'm neither. I'm a robot. Oh, God. Uh, my phone, my uh, computer just went off. <laughs> Welcome to Salem Communications. Here you go. I don't need it. I can do the stuff from the bottom of my head. 2017 predictions that new construction growth will slow. Single family new construction increased by 9% in 2016, but it's still much lower than historical averages due largely to labor shortages, given that nearly one in four construction workers are foreign-born. Stricter immigration policies from the Trump administration are likely to make the problem worse. Um, This analyst thinks that growth will slow to 6%, thus uh, making fewer homes, and this is the final product here, 
thus availability of affordable starter homes uh, not as, as well supplied as could be. So the number of construction workers employed in residential housing is about 40% lower than it was in 2006. Where did all those construction workers go? Who knows? Um, you know, they're, they're migrant. As far as I'm concerned, they're, they're moving where the jobs are. Um, you know, we see in the real estate business when, when it's booming, a lot of people come out of car sales and furniture sales and any other kind of sales they get into real estate. Uh, and then when it's slow, they, they go back out. So um, that's kind of the migrant moves that I'm talking about. Um, but, you know, here in the Bay Area, the construction that we're seeing uh, is, is light, and it's all to- uh, geared towards multifamily or apartments uh, or high-end condos. We're not seeing a lot of affordable housing around here. Um, so it's a little slow. There's not a lot of land like you talk about, Rob. You have Stockton, Sacramento, other parts of the state, there's tons of land, but they're not building as fast because there's not as much demand like there is here. Um, it's it's going to be. I, I don't. We, we aren't putting a lot of of numbers and predictions tied towards uh, new home sales. I'm sorry, new home construction. Uh, but we are looking at their 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 sentiment uh, to kind of gauge where they think the economy is going to be going in relationship to the real estate market. A lot of people have very short term memories. And one of the things I could explain at that point through and through, um, it's been a long time since Wall Street's had a crash. It's been a long time since we've had a bear market. And people get kind of confident and they try to do it themselves. Then when the bear market comes, like it did in 2008, 2009, um, a lot of people sold at the bottom. And then there's a quick snapback. You know, the market's up 3% a day, 2% a day, 1% a day, 3% a day. And people fail to get back in. Um, So people have very short-term memories. Did you know that it was only in 2015 when we had mortgage rates at 4.5%? And now that we're getting back in that area, people are like, oh, I'm so stressed out. Yeah. Um, it's been all of – let's see if I could remember way back in the past, way, way back in 2015, two years ago. And, you know, we, we didn't freak out that as much as you think back then in 2014. In 2013, we had the lowest rates ever. Uh, I believe it was in February of 2013 when it, I think the the rate hit 3.43 or 3.38 or something like that. We got pretty close to it recently, and now that we're back up in, in, in into the lower fours, um, I think what's really freaking people out is that home prices never stopped growing, um, and you know people are, are only going to be able to afford what they can buy, and it, this that type of supply is starting to run out here in the Bay Area. In 2017, it is predicted that more people will have access to home loans. The government-sponsored mortgage giants Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will back bigger mortgages for the first time since 2006. The loan limits issued and insured by these companies will increase to 424000 from 417000 in most regions of the United States. In expensive housing markets, the loan size increases to 636150 from 625000 and it's called high balance, and we've enjoyed that uh, immensely here in the Bay Area, uh, going up to the 700 and, or 625. You know that it was up to 725 for a while back in 2008. So there's quite a few people walking around with conforming loans with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac that are up to 725,000. Now, the Trump administration has said that they want to repeal the charters of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and make them private companies. I'm not against that concept, um, but that would at least take until mid-2018 to happen because it's a process. So a lot of people are going to be like, did you hear that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are going away? Should I buy a house now? Should I not buy a house? I don't know. Um, and people will panic and make more 
out of it than actually is. Um, so the Federal Housing Administration has achieved sounder financial footing, the FHA. There's an increased likelihood that the White House will further lower FHA fees. These fees make it more costly for first-time home buyers to purchase homes. So um, that may ultimately, you know, offset a little bit of the higher interest rates. So a lot of people kind of just focus on one thing. And it, the housing market, if, if you've never read this, I think there's a book called The Floating Opera by John Barth. And the beautiful thing about a floating opera is that depending on where you are is is what you hear and what you see. So um, if you were to isolate the vocals of one person who's 10 feet away from you, you might call those vocals a 10-year treasury note. You might call it a 30-year mortgage. But if you're under it and you're starting to look at FHA loosening some of the standards, you might go, okay, well, I could take that with this, and that kind of balances out, and it sounds a little bit better. Um, but there's a lot of noise out there that people are, are getting caught up Yeah, on. so going back to what you and that kind of goes back to what you said about loosening guidelines, more products available, more banks loosening their guidelines, and uh, you know, you're either going to be the person who qualifies, but you and you have enough down payment, or you're going to qualify, but you don't have enough down payment. And I think that's where FHA and first-time homebuyer programs um, help the the industry. However, you know, we just talked about the increased loan limits that Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, and so on will be using. Um, it doesn't quite help people here in the Bay Area. Um, and not only that, it's such a competitive market that if you were to offer on a house with 3.5% down, yeah, you're fitting the, the loan limit for FHA, but th- there's going to be other people with 20, 30, 40% down, probably a cash offer. So it's it's very competitive, and um, uh, we don't know what the cure is for that. So if you're looking to figure out where to buy potentially an investment home, you would probably be looking at millennials. And one thing that millennials want in a home right now is they want it to be green. They want the length of commute to be pretty tight to where the job market is. Uh, They want property taxes to be pretty low. So you're looking at what are called second-tier cities. And this this choice of cities, I'll tell you this, it's you're going to make money, but you're not going to make tons of money because – the homes are 150,000 and they'll appreciate to 160, which is a great amount of appreciation, but it's not like having a $500,000 home appreciate to 550,000. Um, so the second tier cities that look most attractive, um, Northport, Florida, Austin, Texas, Raleigh, North Carolina, these names come up on a pretty regular basis. Um, there's quite a few on the West as well. I think Provo's on that list. Yep. Um, so again, first-time home buyers are the millennials, and they're looking for high-end features. They're looking for really nice uh, appliances in a home. So if you want to become a landlord, you know, maybe go with some better appliances. If you want to uh, buy a home and rent it out to people, think that way. So you can find Tony Mendez. I'm going to be doing a loan with him later this year. I've done three or four loans with him in the last five years. Uh, He's a great lender. He gets to know you and your situation. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at Rob Black Show. If you want a financial planner, check out NewFocusFinancial.com. It's NewFocusFinancial.com. Black now. 800 
800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Rob Black talking money, 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 investing in more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I put a lot of effort into this. Some days shows fall a little flat. Some days they're big home runs. Um, I try to bring music that's relevant to me, to you. Um, Yes, I could play some old time rock and roll, but let's face it, it kind of sucks. It had its place in the 90s. Uh, but now you kind of want to find some new artists who are exploring new areas. You're darn tootin'. This is a pretty good show to listen to, and if you ever want to know some of the artists that I play, call my producer, Mike, in the mornings from 7 to 9, and he'll tell you, and or email me, and I'll send out a list of what we're playing these days. Now, one thing I like to do is I like to you know break up the content. Typically, Monday through Thursday, I'm talking about the economy. I'm talking about the stock market. I'm talking about individual stocks. I'm talking about... Taxes. I'm talking about insurance. Um, you know, one area that you need to insure is, is like I said recently, we've, we've seen a lot of rain. And flood insurance, you need to figure out what your insurance policy covers and doesn't. And it could be as simple as this. Call 800-GEICO. Let's say GEICO insures your home. You could go, is my house covered in case it rains a lot and there's a flood? And they may say, well, that's an act of God. You know, you're like, no, it's actually, it's cumulus clouds that get together and pull moisture from the sky and, and dump a lot of water. And they're like, nope, that may or may not be covered. So you have to ask a lot of questions. Um, you got to read your policies so that, like, for instance, when you die, does your wife get the insurance? Or was there a writer in it that said if you weighed 300 pounds that you don't get the insurance because you brought upon your own death? Um, there's no writer like that. But it's good to read these contracts that you ultimately sign. Now, bringing back to Tony Mendez and BarrierLoanSourceOf.com, Rob, um, one of the predictions for 2017 for real estate, and we've hit a lot of them already, um, obviously where millennials are moving towards second-tier cities, you'll see more appreciation in homes there. Um, what you're seeing is larger loan limits from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac is a prediction. Mortgage rates increasing, but not too much. I think people are thinking that we're heading straight to 5 6 7%, but there's no evidence of that yet. And you have to wait to see what gets enacted and what creates inflation and how much inflation there ultimately is. Today we got some wage inflation um, that will make the Fed go, okay, wage inflation is not bad. But if everyone starts using their wage inflation to say, buy cherry tomatoes, and we run out of cherry tomatoes, and the price of cherry tomatoes goes up 20%, the cost of food goes up 20%, you get the idea that the Federal Reserve will want to constrict that. Um, 2017 is predicted to be the fastest real estate market on record, not only just buyers, but also sellers. The houses will go faster, so the buyer has to be more prepared. Days of sales on the market, it comes in at a very thin 60 days, uh, roughly right now. And that's only two months of, of, you know, how long your house is on the market. So it's still very much so a seller's market, and the buyer has to be prepared. Um, and, you know, another prediction out there is that the housing markets can continue to grow, but at a slower pace due to affordability issues. Um, you know, a lot of people run into that, that they want to get a home, but how much can they afford on a home? You should never really put in more than 33, 34, 35% of your paycheck into your home because you got to put in 10, 20% into taxes. You have to put in uh, money for gasoline and for your automobile. You have to get money put aside for other issues, food. Uh, entertainment. So the money runs out pretty fast when you start getting above 40% in cost. 
So the final prediction for the year, and I like this prediction, and I believe this is true, real estate commissions will continue to fall. As alternative real estate brokerages become more common, people will pay less in commissions. A 2016 Redfin survey of 2,000 people who bought or sold a home in the last year showed that most sellers got a discount on the commission they paid to their broker, and so did about half of the buyers. This was a big increase from 2015 when just 37% of buyers got a refund of at least $500. Disruptive companies are cropping up everywhere, so traditional brokerage services um, have to adopt, have to adopt, uh, adapt, adapt. <laughs> got confused, tripped on words right there. Are you seeing that at all in your world at this point in time, Tony? Because you've been a mortgage lender for a long time. We see a mix of it. The Bay Area is uh, kind of a unique scenario. Um, you are going to see it still be very competitive. Of course, Redfin is, has a big presence here, um, you know, as a discount brokerage. Um, you know, as a buyer and as a seller, uh, you have to look at, at why you, you are using some sort of discount or why you're getting it. I don't really expect to see that here as often as you would, say, in Sacramento. Um, most times you see a buyer using some sort of discount on the on the offer or the commission for that re- that their what they call the sales agent is because they they think that they can get their offer accepted quicker. And if that works, I think that's a good plan. If you can tie that in with some other incentives in your contract, like no appraisal and no loan contingency and maybe shorter escrow periods, those are some things that we're going to start seeing because it is a competitive market. And as a seller knows that there's going to be other people looking to buy their house and, and, uh, and we are seeing this across the nation. And we're going to start really hearing more news about those second tier cities where people are moving to population growth between, you know, in double digits, uh, job growth, uh, unemployment, numbers that are, are are dropping in these cities. And we're going to start hearing more and more news about those second-tier cities as we are going to be hearing about, like the Bay Area, large metropolitan areas. Um, but when it comes down to the, the commissions, I think you have to do what it takes to get the house um, done. Um, but, but I love these predictions for 2017. Um, I think that uh, the one thing we have to pay attention to is why sellers would move. Uh, and the largest pool of, of homes for sale is the existing home market. It's going to be a fun year, 2017, for real estate. One area that I predict a lot of pain is in real estate agents. There's too many of them out too many. there. Way too many. Too many of my friends' wives have done it to kind of give a second income, and it's not really working out. Um, there's just so many real estate agents and so few great ones. Uh, with that said, I know a couple great ones if you need a referral. Tony Mendez does as well, and you can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlackShow.com. If you need a financial planner, consider NewFocusFinancial.com. Lots of great downloadables at that site. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.